don't know about you, but I'm an avid TikTok consumer. I find myself in TikTok rabbit holes, but I don't create content on there. But what I do is I consume it and I consume it intentionally. So I'm very, very intentional with how I consume. Never had a video go viral. I've never, you know, I haven't hit the 10K followers that everyone wants to hit when they start out as a content creator. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. The ambition of the podcast is to show relatable stories from young entrepreneurs doing some incredible things to inspire the next generation, including you listening wherever you are. We've been doing this podcast for over three years and the ambition has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the scale of where we want to go. We want to bring on bigger guests for you guys to show more and more relatable and inspiring stories from young entrepreneurs across the world. The majority of you guys listening haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. All you have to do is click that subscribe button wherever you're listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now allow us to bring on bigger guests and ask the questions to them that you really want to hear. And it really is that simple. So thank you again for clicking on the podcast and enjoy the episode. Harrison, how are you? I'm very well. I'm very excited for this. Thank you so much for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. And yeah, really good to have you on the podcast to kick off 2023. It's, it's a very interesting one because we've had people on the podcast before that have grown their businesses using short form video and we've never really focused on it as a standalone sort of like marketing strategy just because we haven't had someone on, on the podcast that, that really focuses on that now i'm really really interested to have you on the podcast to talk about this to talk you know why should people care about this and also how can they actually implement it within this within their businesses and which businesses can they implement it because a lot of people listening now like they obviously hear it all the time on linkedin you know short form video a lot of them use tiktok instagram reels so i guess before we jump into all of that how did you actually get into the space originally um to be honest i i I say this to a few people i fell into it like i literally was that guy that was uh, you know creating funny videos at uni um, with friends and i was creating family videos on holiday and i kind of just um, i think I had a job in the events world and I think I used video and marketing more specifically to promote these events and I found that video was the best way of doing that. Um, I then overcame camera shyness myself, which was a huge transformation for me, which is basically the the foundations of the business um, and what it was built on. So I kind of advertised myself as like from camera shy to the confidence guy because that is ultimately what I help people with now. Um, So although I fell into it to begin with, I... I definitely never saw it as a, a money-making opportunity. I just was like, you know what? I overcame camera shyness. Let me try and help a few other people within my network do that. And here we are today. Um, so, yeah, it all happened quite quickly, to be fair, thanks to lockdown and thanks to platforms like TikTok. So it started off with camera shyness, and obviously you still do that today. But is it? What's it? What do you help businesses now with? So it's to basically generate more inbound leads using video uh, and content, organic content marketing. So. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I understood that, yes, it's important to be on camera, but there's far more to the video marketing world and far more that business owners should be utilizing when it comes to video um, in terms of strategy and and specific content. And I think a lot of people presume that video marketing means that you have to get on camera and talk to the camera when actually that's not that's, you know, it's a very small percentage. Yes, it helps, but it's a very small part of the bigger video marketing picture. Okay, let's jump into that then. So for people listening that are interested in this, I guess like, I must have heard it a million times, like me as a business owner as well, myself, so many people are like, yeah, get on TikTok, get on this. And it's like, we're a B2B software provider. Is it, is it actually worth us doing that? But yeah, I guess, what is the power of video marketing? In one sentence, it's the ability to instantly humanize your brand or business. Video gives you 
the ability to humanize um, for a software company, for a B2B, for a C2C, whatever it is. I I believe that it is truly, truly um, vital that every single business in today's modern world are utilizing video content in some way, shape or form. Um, I don't believe there's a business out there. And I, you know, I challenge anyone to kind of come at me with a business that they've got that they think the video wouldn't be beneficial. Uh, and I will do my very best to come back with a, a response to that to prove that video is absolutely essential for any business. Very interesting. So when you say valuable, what what would would like what would a brand get out of say video like if they were to do it? Yeah, so I think the main thing is is kind of the the conversations that are started from video. So for example, if you've gone 2 years as a business owner without posting any video content, which some of my clients have, they then post video content where they're talking to the camera. Suddenly they've got DMs, you know, so many DMs. They've got emails coming through. They've got leads coming through because ultimately they've just told people or showed people exactly who they are. Whereas up to that point, yes, they've showed that they're an expert because they're putting out, you know, great images and, and great stories about client success and whatever. But the moment they kind of took that leap and showed their face on camera talking, people are like, wow. I resonate with that person. I relate to that person. I now want to talk to them more. And it is just this case of like, I, I feel like it's the best format. And I know my opinion is slightly biased, but I feel like it's the best format to really get to know someone. And that's why businesses like Gymshark, for example, um, uh, Prime, you know, these are all businesses where they're very front facing. They are advocates of video marketing and they're using it as a tool. And they're having great success with it. And look at Gymshark, multi-billion dollar company, huge, but feels so personable. The experience feels so personable. Um, and it has to come from the top down of any business, from CEO, from director, all the way down. Uh, would you say like these short for this video content, it's not limited to TikTok and Instagram reels? And it, Does it go beyond that, would you say? It does, yeah. And, and look, if we, LinkedIn is my focus platform. So if I want to, you know, if I use LinkedIn as an example, it's years behind other platforms in terms of video. Um, you can't even go live on LinkedIn unless you're like some crazy VIP member or you use a third party streaming platform. So that says a lot about the platform. However, although videos don't perform as well on LinkedIn as they would on TikTok and the organic reach is not there, the conversations that start from posting video content far outweighs the likes and the comments that you get and that's what I notice and my clients notice is that when they put out a video it generates way more inbound attraction whether it's conversations sales whatever than any other format so I think that's the key here is regardless of the platform regardless of the vanity metrics that you want to base your video on it starts conversations and ultimately people buy from people right so if, yeah. if you're starting conversations and having these conversations then you're going to get the leads and you're going to get the sales. So do you specifically fo focus on video uh, video marketing specifically on LinkedIn or is it different channels? So I, I talk on different channels. Uh, Instagram and LinkedIn are my two platforms that I've built my business from. So they're the ones that I talk on the most. However, I don't know about you, but I'm an avid TikTok consumer. I, get, I find myself in TikTok rabbit holes almost every evening, um, but I don't create content on there. But what I do is I consume it and I consume it intentionally. So I'm very, very intentional with how I consume. Yes, there are some videos that take me off on a, on a crazy rabbit hole of, of things, but I learn exactly 
how TikTok and short form video works and what is working and what isn't working. I then apply that to platforms like LinkedIn and Instagram, but it is those two that I focus on. Um, and just as a kind of, just want to throw it out there. I don't believe that anyone should be kind of scattering video content across all platforms. I think you should have a couple um, at maximum that you really focus your attention on. Um, so you get the results that you deserve. Mm. So, Move on to which businesses should really focus on this now that you've shown like the power of it and you mentioned prime and you mentioned gymshark they're both they're both consumer brands right like they focus on consumer brands and obviously building a more personal brand is very very important like obviously prime and prime like you got logan paul and ksi behind it and then gymshark you got ben francis people people know who they are however for like my brand for instance like a b2b software provider is it still important for me or like people listening to do video marketing? Short answer is yes. Longer answer is because firstly, you're building the rapport and the trust and the relationship within, you know, between the two businesses. So that's that's the key one. And I guess the more obvious one. The secondary one, which I guess a lot of people probably don't think about is actually the, the kind of how to video side of things. So showing how to use the software. So when you go into a business, rather than spending you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds on sending staff to different places and different conferences, you can actually have explainer videos and how-to videos and tutorial videos that you're providing as a business to a business to say, look, here's how our software works. Here's why it's different from all the rest. Oh, and by the way, my name is Joe Bloggs and I'd be happy to assist you if you need anything further. To me, that's probably the best and most subtle sales pitch that there can be. So that's how the two ways I would use it if you're B2B is kind of the building rapport and also the how-to showing how the service or product works. So practically though, so say if I was to make a video and people were to make videos for for that sort of strategy, would it be posting on their personal LinkedIn or would it be like direct inbound of a video? Like how would it, sorry, like sending it to people, like cold outreach, how, how would it work? So I think outreach is great. I'm not a massive advocate of cold outreach, to be honest. I think it's because I don't come from a sales background. So I'm a bit mm. kind of, I cringe out when I get, you know, or no, I, agree I with cringe you. out when I get those sales uh, messages. And a video, unless it says my name, I think it's generic. So um, yes, from an outbound perspective, but there has to be the rapport there. So you have to, you know, this is a client that you've been speaking to that you can then go, right, this is going to be the, the sealer of the deal. Like if I send this across, it shows how the product works or the service works. It's, it's going to be the game changer. Um, I think what people tend to do, and this is B2B and C2C and B2C and everything, is they overcomplicate the process of creating videos. Who says it needs to be perfect and polished? And in fact, I would argue that it shouldn't be. And if you look at TikTok content, for example, it's very much recording in the moment, out it goes, millions of views onto the next one. And it's it's more of a case of quantity than quality. And I think because TikTok and Instagram Reels are really promoting that authentic kind of raw uncut side of things, I think other platforms will follow suit. For me, I have all the fancy gear. I'm a videographer by trade. I have cameras, I have lights, I have everything. But what do I record my short form videos on? My phone. Mm. Like it's as simple as that. It's accessible. It's never more than three feet away from you. So I do think that there is a massive, massive need for people to strip back to basics and just hit record. Got you, got you. Okay, cool. So let's move on to, I guess, the the strategy side. How, so say if a business comes to you and they want to generate more inbound leads from video content, how would you go about doing that? Like step by step, how would you, how would you define the strategy? So I think the first thing, um, 
the first thing that I would discuss with them is where their mindset's at. You know, do they feel comfortable putting content out there? Have they put content out there? Not just video, just have they put content out to the world? No, they haven't. Okay, why? And it's kind of breaking down those limiting beliefs, the limiting beliefs that I myself faced. Then it's identifying their USP from a business perspective, but also from a personal perspective. You know, what makes them different from everyone else? And again, from a personal and a business. Once we have those identified, we can then come up with a strategy that works for both. Because I think on social media, there has to be a balance between the personal stuff and the business stuff. Um, and it's finding that balance that is sustainable. That's where, that's where I help my clients. So I could say to you, post seven days a week, twice a day. If you've never posted before, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to absolutely hate everything about it. And it's going to put you off. And then you're probably going to leave my, my coaching program. But if I create a strategy that's sustainable and tailored to you, and I ensure that I'm there from an accountability perspective, then why wouldn't it work? Because it's sustainable for you. Um, so that's how I'd start, but it definitely starts from up here. And for me to overcome camera shyness, it was like 90% mindset um, and then 10% strategy. And I've come up with practical exercises that work for me and my clients. Um, that help people to overcome those limiting beliefs and just breaking down the barriers that's that's what i do um for my clients is break down every single barrier that they throw at me harrison obviously focuses very heavily on how to get over camera shyness but i want to ask him what if you're not not actually camera shy i know a lot of you guys love being in front of the camera um and so i want to ask him what if you're not camera shy you're very comfortable being in front of the camera what is actually the process of making a video like what's the sort of strategy behind it what sort of video should you make because he, he talks a few about you know, explainer videos but you can't just make explainer videos so yeah i want to break down the sort of different ideas different pillars that he suggests when they're going forward but before we go on i want to tell you quickly about a podcast new sponsor zencaster so i get messages a lot you know maybe every week saying you know how do i do a podcast remotely a lot of people are getting into it recording a podcast remotely can be quite difficult and challenging and platforms such as zoom you know google meets whatever they're not built for podcasting so that means when you record it the sound quality doesn't sound too good and if there's a absence or, or breakage in sound then the end user so the listener actually picks it up I have been obsessed with the sound quality since day one and as a result I've searched long and hard for a platform that let me you know podcast remotely without that breakage in sound and you know optimizing quality and the platform that I came across that I've been using for two and a half years now across all the podcasts that I do is Zencaster. Now Zencaster makes the podcasting experience so easy and you know everything from local recording which basically means that my sound records on my side and their sound records on their side so you get two different audio files that you can put together and post and so the sound is extremely clear and if you don't believe me you can look back at all my episodes that i've recorded apart from episode one, number 100 which i recorded in person every other one i've used zencaster to record so if you want to use Zencaster, and I, I don't know if I should say this, but in actual fact, it's, it's a free tool. So I've been using the free package for two and a half years, and it's an amazing tool. So I highly recommend that you sign up if you are looking into podcasting remote. It's the best tool that I've been using, and I'm not switching anytime soon. Now, I want you guys to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. So if you're interested in the paid or free package, then there is a link in my description that starts with zen.ai. Uh, click that link, you know, sign up to whatever package that you want. 
Um, if you are looking for more sort of special specialty uh, package, such as like all the editing stuff to be taken care of, then you can use my link and it'll give you 30% off your first three months. Otherwise, you could use the free package, which is why I've been using for two and a half years. So thank you so much. Let's go on with the episode. Yeah, really good point. So the first thing I'd do, I guess, is, is kind of obvious, but I'd speak to consumers. You know, what do they want? What do they want from either the product or the service or what do they want from us um, from a from a content perspective? So Instagram polls, LinkedIn polls, obviously, they're easy ways to find out. I do them all the time. What are you struggling with when it comes to video content? Great. 80% of people shit themselves when they're on camera. Not literally, but they're scared of the camera. Great. I can help you with that. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing is you you need to... you need to put yourselves in the shoes of the consumer Mm, yeah so me for example five years ago i would have been my own ideal client i needed someone like me five years ago to help me overcome camera shyness so what did i need and how did i overcome it myself and it's the step by step so for example with the product why did you create it what's the usp how does it work really well and it's basically dissecting every single part of the process from a customer journey perspective and, and putting it on video. And the one thing I would say is we need to get away from this idea of showcasing. Like stop showing off, stop putting out video content to make yourself look you know, better than everyone else. Start documenting. Focus on documenting. So what you're already doing in a day-to-day, in your day-to-day world, personal and business, I really you, like can hit, you can hit record and create content with. That's the key because that's something that, coming back to your question about content, where do I come up with these ideas? The ideas are already there. If you make a coffee at nine o'clock in the morning and do some crazy yoga routine, you probably don't care about that because you do it every single day. It's just second nature. To me, as someone that's itching to get into yoga, I find that fascinating. So if you create content on that in the form of a video, you've got me, right? And I'm, I'm relating to you and I'm resonating. The content is already in front of you. I think people just are, are looking too far ahead. It's already right in front of them. What sort of balance would you make between... Because... This is an interesting point here, like what you just said. So showing showing some behind the scenes, perhaps of how you know the the behind the scenes of running a business. Now we've done videos on that on my personal business, and they they do usually get pretty decent numbers actually. And I love watching them personally as well. But the question I have for you is like, what line would you do? Would you have between showing your personal side and then showing your business side? Because obviously, people buy from people. But at the same time, you don't want, for some businesses at least, you don't want your whole business to rest on your own personal brand, if that makes sense. So where is where is the line, would you say? I think you have to create the line. Um, I think it, it, that's that's the bottom, bottom line, if you pardon the pun. Um, I think you have to create it. You have to put it there. So for me, um, one thing that I said to myself was that if I put myself out online, I'm going to be very wary of having my family on my social media. So for example, my daughter, I talk about my daughter because she's a huge part of my life and it's been a huge learning curve being a father. However, you won't see her face on my LinkedIn. You might see her, but you'll never see her face. You won't see where I live. You don't know where I live. You don't know at max, you probably know the car I drive. That's it. So I think I've set that boundary. I don't care what anyone else is doing and what they do is up to them. Not interested, but I've set that boundary myself. And I think you have to feel comfortable that's the key. The key word here is comfortable. You have to feel comfortable with what you're posting out. If you feel like it's a bit too much and it's way beyond what you normally would, then pull back and stop doing it. Like no one tells you 
how personal or how unpersonal or non-personal you need to be you have to put that line in place that's so important that's a very good point and obviously it's, it's personal to you it's personal i guess it's it's business contingent as well like for instance if it's a consumer brand it probably makes more sense for you to have your own face behind it um whereas because they like to relate to you whereas for yeah. a business like very very deep you know b2b software maybe maybe not as much but showing some behind the scenes is probably valuable yeah and if we look at if we go back to the gymshark example you mentioned ben francis and there's other people within the team that are huge advocates of the brand that are using their own social media to promote the business and that's an ideal situation exactly company can post whatever the company posts i'm not gonna if they say they've got the best tracksuits in the world i'm not going to believe it if it comes from gymshark's instagram of course they're going to say they've got the best tracksuits in the world but if someone within the marketing team who is just posting on LinkedIn in the tracksuit saying these are the best I've ever worn, I'm way more likely to make a buying decision um, because they are advocates of the brand and they're real people. And I think that's really important. Don't sit behind a company page. Use your personal brand, which everyone has, by the way, to promote the business in a more subtle and authentic way. What would you say, like just to wrap up the podcast, what would you say is the biggest sort of mistakes and challenges within you know the video marketing space within like the brands that want to move into it and start doing it i would i would say from my perspective it's probably the consistency aspects i see yeah they well at least from the podcasting perspective i've been doing this for three years i've seen a lot of people get into the podcasting space and leave after a few weeks you know sometimes sometimes months i've seen weeks just because it's the exciting process of starting it at the beginning and then oh the numbers don't look great i'm gonna go and all, all that type of thing and stage now where i don't even look at the numbers and they i just know that in the long term they will grow i think the video stuff is probably the same yes there's more organic reach with video but yeah. i think if you set yourself a time limit um that's probably the best I, at least from the, the podcast content creation side i think it's definitely applicable for video mate if i if i looked at my metrics from day one um i've never had a video go viral um i've never you know i haven't hit the 10k followers that everyone wants to hit when they start out as a content creator Um, if i'd looked at that and really taken it to heart i wouldn't be doing this today we wouldn't be having this conversation what i look at is every time i post a video if it helps one person i'm happy job done because it's taken me a couple of minutes to to make that video to articulate my message to put it out there and then it's helping someone else overcome a challenge that i had to overcome myself same with you with your podcast whether it's one or one million as long as you're helping someone you're happy right and i think that's the key part so consistency yes overthinking is another one um you and i are of similar ages we grew up around youtube we grew up around the likes of ksi logan paul etc i've always idolized these people's setups you know they've got this fancy camera they've got the fancy lights etc i can't make a video unless i've got all of that gear that's absolute bollocks it does not work like that as i said at the start of this podcast we um at the start of this episode we have a phone that is never more than three feet away from us everything we need is on there you've got a free app called inshot use it it's free for ios and android you everyone has got a smartphone if you've got a nokia 3310 i can't help you you need a new phone but if you've got a smartphone you can make it happen videos never been so accessible and i think a massive, massive part of why businesses um, and, you know, smaller creators as well are taking a back seat when it comes to video is because they are overthinking everything. If I say the word editing to a client, they're like, whoa, 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 I can't edit. But when I say editing, I mean just cutting out 
bits that you know where you messed up or where you took a long pause um and once you get your head around that and and learning to articulate your message in under 30 seconds on video and keeping the editing to a minimal you're laughing you're away i completely agree Unless, with you and this is a really this is a really important point sorry to butt in but i, no, I think something that's really really important to think about is unless you are listening to us speaking right now unless you are sat there thinking i'm going to offer video editing as a service why are you wasting so much time editing your videos like it, if you're a, an accountant if you're a you know you work in construction why are you spending so long editing your videos when that's not even something that you're advertising yourself focus on what's coming out of here and what you're saying rather than what you're seeing and the, and the fan, fancy stuff that's going on in the background. And lastly, how many how many sort of videos should they do per week, per month? Like what's the sort of sweet spot? I think the sweet spot is two to three a week personally um, because it's sustainable. I post on LinkedIn, my focus platform, Monday to Friday. Two or three of them will be videos. Um, and I'm cool with that. You know, I'm the video guy. I should be posting videos every day, right? Well, that doesn't work for me. You know, it's not sustainable. I've tried it and and I didn't enjoy it. So why would I do it? So the sweet spot is twice, three times a week. And the sweet spot in terms of video length is actually between 12 and 17 seconds. And I have researched and tried and tested that. The sweet spot and 17 seconds. video length is 12, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when you're stood in front of a camera, it feels like a long time. What can you say in 12 and 17 seconds? That's nothing. Well, what you need to do, the first mistake that I see people making is the pleasantries. Hello. And I just wanted to pop on and tell you all of that. Cut that shit out. You don't need any of that. It's literally straight into the value. Intro slash hook, you know, pull in effect. I call it pie. Um, but bring them in in the first three seconds prod the pain points, you know, agitate that open wound. What are the problems they're facing? Hit them with a solution. Give them a little bonus because we like to over deliver, right? And then give them a call to action. Simple as that. 12 to 17 seconds is bang on, but I would recommend keeping it below 30 seconds. Mm, that's a very interesting structure. So would you say that's universal for every sort of video that they should do? Like, so it's the hook, the problem, and then the solution they offer as well as a bonus. Would you mind like provide, I don't know if you can do this on the spot, but I literally have not prepared for this. Could you give an example? Like, do you, <laughs> could you give an example? Like one that you've done, one that you've seen out there, one of your clients, like a really good one that you can think of? Okay, so let me let me talk on kind of my my business and, and what I do, because I can, I can give you an example off the cuff. So mm. um, the hook would be, five ways to overcome camera shyness or five ways to annihilate camera shyness is a bit more effective. So that's the hook. That's the intro. That's three seconds done. Then I'm going to prod their pain points. Are you sick of sweating one out when you're filming? Are you sick of, you know, shitting your pants when you're filming? Are you sick of forgetting what you're saying or not knowing where to look and looking all over the place? Like they're the, the pain points and they're going, yes, yes, I am. I'm so scared of it. Yes, yes, yes. He's speaking my language. Cool. Then we get onto the solutions. First, don't script, use pointers because otherwise you'll sound like a robot. Don't mm. focus on the equipment, you know, use what you've already got in front of you, familiarize yourself and become comfortable being in the presence of the camera. Um, another one would be, you know, uh, walking rather than standing still. It may make you feel more at ease, whatever. They're the solutions. Then give them a bonus. Oh, by the way, why don't you use chat GBT or GPT or whatever it's called uh, and come up with, you know, let it come up with a video idea for you to save you time. Or use a tool like titlegenerator.com to give you 700 ideas in one in one second. That's the bonus. Oh, wow, you know, he's gone above and beyond here. Then if you want to learn more about video content creation or you want to overcome camera shyness, hit follow, 
and I'll do my best to help you. There we go. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's a wonderful way to actually end the podcast. So Harrison, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you on. Um, how can people stay in touch with you and what you're doing going in the future? Thank you firstly for having me. It's been a pleasure. You're an amazing host and I've actually never been asked those questions. So that's amazing. Um, so <laughs> that's what we try to do. <laughs> and um, yeah, put me on the spot. That's what you like to do. But I loved it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, if you're looking to overcome camera shyness, if you're a business owner that wants to generate more inbound leads with video, Check me out on Instagram or LinkedIn, Harrison Cantel, C-A-N-T-E-L, and just drop me a message. Don't be a stranger and um, tell me what your favorite pizza topping is because I'm absolutely obsessed with pizza. And I, I can tell a lot about a person. Yeah, if you're watching pizza. this on video, by the way, on YouTube, there is a big neon light of a pizza in the top right-hand corner. It's a very cool, cool neon light. So do check that out if you're not on video. All right, thank you so much, Harrison, for coming on again. And I'm sure we'll chat very soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, man.